So everything really happens. And if you have your skill set and you have that knowledge base, you can always be able to pivot. Alone, we can do so little. Together, we can do so much. Helen Keller. How much time have you spent looking for that one person who has all the answers? Or how much money have you spent on self-professed gurus and then failed to achieve your goals? A good number of people have done it before and know their stuff, but very few have the time and desire to go through that process with you to think about your situation and guide you to success. We're here today with Dr. Teresa Martin of RIA NYC, someone who bucks the trend of cookie cutter advice and gets into the nitty gritty with her students to talk about the value of the personal approach in real estate and beyond. Welcome back, thinkers, to another episode of Doorward Thinking. I'm your host, Nate LeBlanc, and today our special guest is Dr. Teresa Martin. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am so super excited to be here today. We're happy to have you too. And of course, today's episode is featuring none other than Daniel Jacob Ison. How's how's it going, Jake? Awesome. We've been looking forward to this with Teresa for a long time, so I'm super pumped for this conversation. So Teresa, I'd like to just jump right in. Can you tell us a little bit about your life that's brought you to this point in your career today? Woo, of course, of course. So um, basically, I come from uh, a family uh, that believed in hard work. And when I graduated high school, I got my first real estate investment property because my parents told me that they refused to take out a parent loan. <laughs> um, and when my I had my two daughters, you know, I gave them their property. And I said, if you wanted to go to college, I'm not signing um, a parent loan. You can take this property. You can sell it. You can do whatever you need to do. And that's going to I'll send you to college. And now I have three grandchildren and now I have them doing the same. So my journey uh, from where I was to where I am now, I've always loved real estate. I always knew that real estate was one of the pillars to wealth. And I am as an only child, I got that birthright through my parents. So that's pretty much how I became a real estate bankruptcy foreclosure defense attorney and by trade, a real estate investor. And that's wonderful. I love hearing that. You really took the bull by the horns and made it your own. And now you're sharing that with your family generations on. That's really wonderful. You did that like right out of high school, going into college. What was the factor where you decided to go into law, like legal and real estate? Yeah, well, I've always wanted to be an attorney. Um, I don't know where it came from. And I always tell people just it was a download, I guess, you know, from the above, because I didn't have any attorneys in my family and I didn't even know any personal attorneys. I just really knew that that's something that I wanted to do. Can't really tell you where it came from. I just always, from junior high school, I told my parents, I told my family that I was going to be an attorney. And that was always my trajectory. And everything that I've done, I was a teen mom, didn't really stop me because I continued on that trajectory um, until I made it happen. So I wish I had some pie in the sky. Oh, my goodness. You know that this is what I wanted to do. But it really wasn't that it just was something that just came on to me when I was in junior high school. And from that point on, I couldn't shake it. So I knew that I had to be an attorney. That's so cool. And so taking your degree as an attorney and your love of real estate, you went ahead and merged those two in a very successful business. Can you tell us what you do with that experience? 
Sure. Uh, initially, it wasn't that way. I didn't really think that I was going to be able to merge my real, my love of real estate with my passion for the law until 9-11. After 9-11, that's when everything changed. When those planes flew through those buildings, you know, my whole, my whole world uh, went upside down. You know, I found myself, you know, um, in foreclosure. I had to then learn, you know, how to save my home from foreclosure. So I had to file, uh, you know, an emergency bankruptcy filing to stop my home from being sold at the auction. And within minutes, I beat the buzzer by doing my wow. emergency bankruptcy to file and stop my actual foreclosure. From that point on, that was something that I kind of like had in me now because there were so many other people, but for no reason of their own, they were actually facing situations that, you know, they couldn't help themselves do. And so because I now had that experience, that's how I became a foreclosure mm -hmm. defense and bankruptcy attorney. And then with that whole foreclosure experience, I learned about, you know, how I can take my knowledge of real estate investing and then start out looking at foreclosures and how I can help people overcome that situation. So it wasn't by it wasn't by accident, I believe, because there are no accidents. I believe that it was on purpose. And I am now walking in my purpose, now merging my love of real estate, my love of law. And I'm helping others now, you know, become successful real estate investors and build generational wealth and break the chains of generational poverty through real estate. And isn't that something that it was born out of necessity, kind of both times? Yeah, especially now. I just I want to I want to just tell you now because now it's like really in me because one of the things I want your listeners to really hear is that everything that happens is happening for a reason and for such a time as this. Everything that I have done has been born out of necessity from, you know, the mortgage crisis to COVID to now the digital age. So everything really happens and if you have your skill set and you have that knowledge base you can always be able to pivot. And so I, that's what I wanted to really say before we moved on. Good, good. That's a really encouraging thought. Oh, yeah. We are born for such times as these. Absolutely. And all of our experiences and the things that we go through kind of set us up for that next step. We might not know what that next step is all of the time, but when we see it, we have what we need to take advantage of it and grab it. Exactly. So you went ahead and you started RIA NYC, a group that helps women who are investing in real estate. Can you tell us a little bit about RIA for our listeners out there? Because I'm not sure that everybody quite understands what a RIA can do for a new investor. Oh, awesome. Thank you. So RIA stands for Real Estate Investors Association. And not all RIAs are treated the same. <laughs> uh, we have a lot of people on meetup groups calling themselves RIAs. And we have to be careful because a RIA is defined as an association who actually has lobbyist efforts, advocacy efforts, community service efforts, and the education component along with networking. So if you're looking for a true RIA, it should have all of those components and not just a meetup where you're going and someone's trying to sell you mm -hmm. property or sell you real estate, okay? So we just gotta make the difference, okay? So RIA NYC, the NYC does not stand for New York City. It stands for Now You Can. So we have really you know, reached out and we wanted people to understand that I know you have purchased these high price uh, coaching programs and courses and things of that sort. But when you come to RIA NYC, now you can. I know you have gone and you have really struggled to learn 
about how to invest in real estate, how to get the power team, how to get our money resources to invest in real estate. I know you have done all of that, but now you're at RIA NYC, now you can. So what we actually do is we, from Capitol Hill to City Hall, National RIA and RIA NYC informs policymakers, guides decision-making, and generates support for policies on issues that impact real estate investors. So we help you with issue briefings, advocacy tips, tracking legislation, giving you alerts, and all those things in a nice package Mm -hmm. as we help educate you about the laws and real estate niches and markets. So that's what RIA NYC in a nutshell is. And I hope all of your listeners check us out. And that's well above and beyond the typical meetup that people go and see. And they might have one, two speakers that tell you about what they do specifically. This is like a big macro view of everything that you need to be aware of and the coaching that you need in order to be a successful real estate investor. Exactly. Exactly. It's not a one-stop shop because I don't really believe in one-stop shops. But what it does is it really gives you a, a house, you know? So when you build a house, there's so many things that you need. You, not, you need wood, you need glass, you need, you need all the different things that you need. So we basically put you in position to have community programs because if you're building wealth and you're not putting it back into your community, what are you doing it for? So we give you the education classes and the seminars. We give you new member orientation. We give you an online coaching clinic. We help you become not just a real estate investor, but we really help you become a productive member of society, adding to the ecosystem through real estate. So that's truly what we really do is help the ecosystem. I love that. I love that you always bring it back to where the rubber hits the road. Like for example, the conference that you're putting on in November, Yes, you described it to me as as an implementation conference. Can you tell us about that? Oh, absolutely. So one of the things, let's get get back to the whole um, nitty gritty. Everyone has gone to a conference. Everyone has, you know, come from that conference with book book loads of notes. Okay. Now, what we do with those notes, half the time I couldn't even read my handwriting. I was writing so fast. So the implementation (laughs) process, after you leave the conference, you're all motivated and you're fired up. And now what? So one of the things that I said, if I was going to start putting on conferences, it was going to be 100% no selling and 100% implementation. And so that's what we are bringing to the GW5. The GW5 means building generational wealth five generations deep. And the GW5 implementation conference, it is set up as a woman's conference and men do a big too. Right. So the whole reason why we have to really set it apart from other conferences is because a lot of times people don't know where to start. So we start with the build her phase, which means the people who are actually waiting to make their first six figures. okay, in real estate or in their in their business. okay, that is the build her. You're building. Then we have the grow her. That segment is those people who have made six figures, but they're stuck. And they need to have some implementation strategies to take them to the next level. And then we have the master her segment, those people who have made a quarter million dollars and now they're ready to license and segment. Now they do this in real estate. We have agents building brokerages. We have real estate investors who are just investing in mortgage notes and tax liens. And now they want to add to their portfolio for generational wealth. 
And then you have starter entrepreneurs or experienced entrepreneurs who are now looking to add real estate as a pillar to their wealth building portfolio. So we have a whole slew of people who come. We have legislators who are coming. We have an awards gala, you know, where you dress up in your ball gowns and your, your tuxedos and you look all nice and prepped for the media. And then we have media who's there. So every time you invest in something that Teresa Martin do, um, does, you are actually reinvesting in, back into your business. So everyone who invests in, the, in coming to the conference, you are leaving with a media sheet, a one sheet. You're going to be interviewed on the purple carpet with a celebrity personality who's interviewing you. So we got to get you ready for that. You're going to have headshots that you can use in your marketing. So these are some of the things where I say as far as implementation, every dollar should have a job. And when you spend your dollar, you should be awaiting them to come back home, knocking on the door with some friends called profits. Okay, so that's exactly what we are about. And that's what we do. And we want to make sure that every time you understand that your dollar needs to have a job and it has an assignment to do. And that assignment is to bring you back some returns. I really like that you break it up into those different phases, because I know that I've experienced this in my life. When I get through one phase of something and then move on to the next thing, there's an entirely different new set of skills that I need to learn in order to be successful there. So the fact that you're doing that, breaking it up into your different phases, and you're able to implement those things that people need, I think is just fantastic. Thank you so much, because you're actually right, Nate, because a lot of times we see all these things that would be nice in our businesses and our real estate ventures, but not now. I'm not ready for that now, right? So yes, later. So that's why we get caught up when we go to the conferences, because you're listening to a really good salesperson, right? And so I always tell people, before you go anywhere, leave your wallet at home, because if it's a good opportunity, that opportunity will not go away, right? So you need to really make sure that you kind of understand what you need. Create your revenue model. Make sure you know what the numbers are and what you need to implement to get you to the next phase. If you see something that is not going to bring you a return in the next 90 to 120 days, that is not something that you should be investing in right now, okay? And so you just really need to kind of know where you are so that one, you can protect your ass sets and your pocketbook, right? So those are some of the things that I always tell people is everyone out there is trying to steal my money. And so I've got to protect it. And so if I know that ahead of time, I'm not going to make crazy purchases and impulsive buys and things of that sort. So that's pretty much what we do at RIA, at Enjoy Your Legacy, in my law firm, at the conferences. People are not going to feel as though you're, you're being sold because the only thing we sell is hope and opportunity. And it's up to you to want to buy it. I love that. I love that, Teresa. You're talking about process earlier today, Nate, and this idea of getting people to just start the process, implementation, right? Is learning part of the process or is this like, does the process actually start when you start implementing? Learning is part of the process. That is like your toolbox, right? So the first step is, let's just take real estate. Let's not even talk about business, entrepreneurship. Well, I do believe that real estate is a business, right? But let's just talk about the traditional real estate investor. They don't really think about it from a business standpoint. They just think about getting their next property or their first property. So what is the first thing that you need to do when you think about doing real estate? 
the first thing you need to know is about real estate, right? There's so many different subsections. Okay, real estate. Are you going to wholesale? Are you going to flip? You know, are you going to do a buy and hold strategy? You're going to do tax liens? You're going to do mortgage notes? I mean, there's a whole slew of things that's out there. So you need to know what's out there first. Then you need to understand, okay, what's my niche? What's my comfort level? I don't really like talking to people. So maybe doing something that entitles me or makes a necessity for me to talk to people is not going to be something. For me, I am one who loves paper, right? So, you know, we always had that little slang, you know, go after your paper, right? I never really knew what that was until I started getting into mortgage notes and tax liens, right? So now I'm going after the paper. To answer your question, learning is a part of that process to know what am I really interested in doing. I know what the what the infomercial said. I saw the boats and the nice cars and all that that we can have and all that jazz, but is that really a reality for me, right? And so learning what your bank account says, because sometimes your bank account might dictate what your strategy is, right? And so we kind of need to know that. If I have limited funds and limited credit, it limits my opportunity on what I can and cannot do, right? And so that's why you have a lot of um, newbie investors jumping into wholesales because some guru told them that they don't need money and they don't need credit. Take my course and you can do wholesaling. All right. What they didn't say is that how is it possible to do any business without some money? Because how are you going to market it? <laughs> OK, how are you going to find buyers? How are you going to do the things that you need to do if you don't need money? You need to kind of understand that something is wrong when someone tells you you don't need money, you don't need credit, and it's easy to do. Because it was easy to do, everyone would be doing it, and we'll have multimillionaires as soon as you walk out the door, okay? So I would say yes, learning is absolutely the first and foremost thing that you need. And also, you know, let's just go with Dorwood for a minute, my favorite app. <laughs> and how do you actually, you know, find people to network? Because now we're talking about if I don't have credit and I don't have money resources, what about strategic alliances? How do I find, you know, partners and, you know, strategic alliances and things of that sort? Because I may know someone who has money, someone who has credit, and I have the property. But if I go and find on my app and I can just go into different communities and I can just connect with people, they may have what I'm missing. Right. And so I say that, yes, it is possible to do real estate with no money and no credit. However, you're going to have to build up that relationship capital. All right. And that relationship capital means you have to go out there, you have to open your mouth, you have to talk and you have to network with people and show them that you bring something to the table, but it might not be money, it might not be credit, but it might be your relationships. And that relationship capital is a very, very high, valuable asset that you can have. Well, thanks for the shout out there, Teresa. I think obviously we agree. We think that the relationships are a huge part of finding success. You've been very successful, and then now you've started sharing your knowledge with others and through this conference, through your podcast, which we see behind you, the Fiscally Fabulous podcast, your magazine, et cetera. What is it like sharing your knowledge with other people? Um, knowledge entrepreneurship is, I really believe, um, the key to everything. I believe that one of the things that I tell people all the time is that we are all put here to share. 
because we're all connected some kind of way, black, brown countries, you know, we, we get all confused when you do this division. And, Mm -hmm. but if you take it from the basic humanity, we are all here to serve and how you serve through your talents and your gifts is what is going to expose you to your wealth building. For me, I am an only child, but I have so many sisters and brothers out there from all walks of life, all religions, all everything, right? Because my thing that I always share to people is what's mine, you can't take if you try. What is assigned and gifted to me is mine. You can't take my clients. You can't take anybody who is assigned to me because my tribe knows my voice. I may be speaking something that does not resonate with someone, doesn't mean that they don't like me or whatever the case may be. They're just not my assignment. They have to go find their other shepherd. You see what I'm saying? So when we start thinking about competition and all of that, there's collaboration. No one Mm -hmm. does exactly what I do. They have similarities, but my fingerprint is different and unique. And you don't do what I do exactly the way I do it. So I do law. I do real estate. I do bankruptcy. I do foreclosures. However, I know my lane. I don't want to go to court. I don't want to litigate. You know, I'll do my my clients much disjustice if I go to court because I'm going to yell at the judge. Right. I'm just too passionate. You probably can hear my passion. Right. I'm too passionate. We love it. Don't stop. (laughs) I'm not wearing a suit. So you're never going to see me with a suit. I don't wear suits. Okay, so I'm kind of not that average type of attorney. So if you want kind of the conservative, you know, person, I'm not going to reside with. Yeah, that's not going to work. I mean, we're not going to resonate together. You know, I'm coming out popping with the reds and the purples and all kinds of stuff. And you're going to have to have some energy and we're going to have to talk about it because I always tell people your bank account is a direct reflection of your excitement level. And that's why you hear me being very, very excited because I want my bank account to reflect my excitement. (laughs) (laughs) You said a lot of things that I like there, Teresa. One of the things that I want to hone in a little bit deeper on is when you said, it's like when we get divided, when we make these divisions, that's when we get confused. And one of the areas that I think people get really divided and confused is when you go to the guru, when you get the cookie cutter, just follow this step, A, B, C, one, two, three down the line, and this will be yours. You coach in a different way. From what I saw, like I was reading your LinkedIn profile and everything I've heard from Dan, you really take the time to understand the person that you're dealing with and direct them to their needs because everybody's needs are unique. Can you tell us a little bit about your process in coaching? Absolutely. I I think let's just say the first thing that I, I would say and and I'll challenge any guru out there. Okay, I don't understand how you can actually assign a course or seminar or anything to someone who you haven't fully diagnosed that you come to a a seminar. How do you know that this is going to be good for me? You have not given me a diagnostic. You don't know my financial resources. You don't know my pain points or my mindset. So to tell me that I will be successful if I buy your course, I think is in the legal world, malpractice. All right. Yeah. That would be like a doctor giving a drug without having the time to examine you or take a history. 
Absolutely. That's my point. Exactly. So the reason why I brought that up is because no one comes into the community without an assessment. We do a full diagnostic on where you are and what you need, because I need to know where you are and where you want to go so we can do a gap analysis to see how we're going to fill that gap. It might be you got to stay at your job a little bit longer because you need to make sure that you are covering your four walls, you know, food, clothing, transportation, right? And the basic necessities, right? So you need to make sure you're covering that. Some people are taking mortgage rent payments to buy a coaching program because of the promise that I'm going to be able to be successful with this and I'll pay it back. But now the interest rates are rising. You are paying more and you haven't gotten that first piece of property that's going to throw revenue off or cash flow off. Okay. And so for me, my process is we have to do a game plan analysis on you. We need to know where you are, what your resources are, what your credit score is like. Do you have an entity? Are you working as a sole proprietor? Do you have business credit, you know, so that we can help you throw off and separate your EIN from your social? All these things we need to, you know, kind of look at. If it's something that we can't work with you with, then we will send you to somebody or recommend that you go and talk to someone else that is best suited for you to get you to the point where you now can come work with us. But we're not going to sell you something we can't help you with because I need you, all my real estate investors, when you join RIA NYC, you got to get your first investment property in the first year of membership or we do not renew your membership. We are not playing games out there, okay? So we are called the Investor Association, not the Mm looky-loos, okay? So if you're not coming to invest in real estate, then you don't need to come to RIA NYC. Go to the meetup and go to some other place that's going to sell you hopes, you know, all kinds of things and pipe dreams. But you come to RIA NYC, you're looking to build wealth. You're looking to share and build a community because that's what we're about. But we're not going to take your money. You come in for free. And, and when you find out that this is something for you, you know, and you date us for a while, then you can decide to put a ring on it called membership and get married. OK, but you ain't coming in here. Just talk about we're going to get married. You wouldn't do that when you dating. Why would you do that into any other coaching program? Let me date you for a minute. You might be crazy, right? <laughs> so that's what we do. We basically take you to a process, you know, um, and get to know you first. You get to know us. And if it's a good fit and you feel that you can, you know, make a home here, then we'll bring you into the community in RIA. But coaching, a little bit different because you'll be working with me. And it's a whole lot of stuff that we need to go through because it's my time that we're going to be assessing and I need to have testimonials. So if you're not going to give me a great testimonial because you're not going to do what you need to do, then you're not going to be able to work with me because that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for implementers. I'm looking for people who are going to build wealth because I need to keep the generational wealth zone thing going. And that's what I look for. I look for people who are going to build wealth, do what I say, do how I say do it, and then you're going to find success. But if you have another coach and you're trying to come with me, you now you're cheating on me. We ain't going to do this menage a trois thing. You're going to either work with me or you're going to work with somebody else, okay? But we're not going to be doing that whole thing. I don't have no open relationships. We're going to be doing the coaching thing with me or we're not going to work together at all. That's, that's my process. Yeah. <laughs> you're either in all the way, right, or you're not. That's how it 100%. goes. Jake. One of the things that Teresa's words right now just reminded me of that you talk a lot specifically when we were creating Doorward and, and building it up to where it is today is the, the importance of having skin in the game. 
Can you tell us a little bit about why it's important to have your skin in the game when you're doing this? Well, for sure. But I think Teresa can speak to this in, in, on a much higher level, but certainly with regards to Doorward, it's something that, that we ask for for anybody that's coming into the platform to say, hey, put your money where your mouth is, right? That's how we, in a sense, know you are who you are and who you say you will be. And so it's been something that's very important to us because otherwise, one, you're going to waste our time and you're going to waste other people in the community's time. And on some level, you're wasting your own time. And so I think uh, there's something that I think Teresa agrees with us on and why we like working together. Absolutely. I, I believe you can't, you know, I don't trust anyone who doesn't invest in themselves. You know, it, it just doesn't make any sense. So it's like you can get a free website. If I see you got that free thing on the bottom of your website, I don't take you seriously because everything requires an investment and you can't expect to charge someone more than you have invested yourself. So if you haven't paid $100 for a program or a resource or a conference or whatever, you better not have anything that you're selling for $100 because <laughs> you haven't done it yourself. So you have to walk authentically in you before you ask someone else to invest in you. You have to invest and believe in yourself. If you don't even believe in yourself enough to invest and think you're going to get it back, why would you be looking to me to partner with me? That doesn't make any sense. So if it doesn't make sense, it can't make dollars, and I'm not interested. Teresa, <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love what you were describing about the kind of commitment to working with you, as in you can't work with anybody else. Commit 100% to the process, to, to following the process. And I know that you always like put these safeguards in place to see like, hey, is somebody doing the homework assigned to them, et cetera? You're making commitments to them. And obviously, like if you're going to put your time somewhere, you want to see a return on investment of your own time. You're gonna, you want to see that you made a difference. And so that obviously, it's, um, that's a beautiful framework. How do you balance between that diagnosis and then like your process and how do you adjust for that? And like, as, as people progress? Yeah, um, that's a great question, um, Dan. But uh, the one thing is that I think that I'm one of the few coaches that give a 200% guarantee. <laughs> and, and because I, I know my process and I know what I do. So I give a 200% guarantee that you will make 200% of your investment, you know, by working with me and we do a contractual relationship. So it's in, it's in contract, it's in writing, okay? But with that, there's responsibilities, <laughs> right? There's things that I do and there's things that you do, okay? And in order to hold me accountable for the 200% guarantee, then I have to hold you accountable that you're gonna do the things that you say you're gonna do. I'm an attorney, so everything's by contract, right? So anything that I say, I'm willing to put it in writing. Ask other coaches, will they do the same? So for me, you know, I am very confident in my processes. We have all diagnostic things inside of the systems. I know when you're logged in. I know how long you stayed on there. I know everything, you know, in my systems. I set it up that way because I needed to have the checks and balances, right? Because there's a lot of people who have this whole mm, blame game thing. And I don't play the blame game, okay? There's 100% accountability, you know, and... One of the things that I know is that if you have to work overtime because you still got a nine to five, 
we're going to account for that in the beginning. But if you tell me you you work up until new, uh, midnight, okay, your time, and I call you and it's 10 o'clock p.m. and I can't get you, hmm, then we're not really working because I have done that. And so, so some of the things that, you know, uh, we have to put in place is we have to get back into the humanity and we have to hold one another accountable and we have to get off of this blame game. Yeah. You know, when things don't work, I'm not saying that you can't buy a coaching program. I'm, I'm $250,000 into coaching and I paid $75,000 for a mastermind. Okay. So trust me when I say, when I give you my money, I'm doing everything you say I'm supposed to do because I'm going to get my return on investment. And if I do everything that you told me I need to do, and then I do not receive what I'm supposed to receive, now we have a problem. Then I go and I we talk about it. But you're not going to pay your money. Don't do your part. And then talk about this thing didn't work. That's not what we're talking about here. OK, because I'm not saying that coaching programs do not work for those who work it. What I'm saying is a lot of times people who invest in coaching programs or seminars or anything that they invest in, they have a false sense of reality and they do not properly manage their expectations. That's what I'm saying. So we just have to have a clear expectation model that if you do this, just like this, you're going to get this. If you miss Mm -hmm. this one step, then the ingredients have changed. You can't expect the cake to taste the same. Okay. It just don't work that way. And so that's what I'm saying. So my process is accountability. Implementation plus accountability gives you your rewards. Okay. And so that that's the that's the process that we stick to. But I hold myself accountable because my thing is that when you invest in me and I believe you're investing in yourself, I give you 100% of me. And I hold you accountable to what you say you want. And I believe you, you know, so that's what we do. And we have the systems to back it up. What you just said right there is so important. Getting back to humanity, this this idea of like a fair exchange, not playing the blame game, not playing any games. Right. Here we are in a, a give and a take. Right. You give like I'm receiving. I'm giving. You're receiving. That's human, right? And that's the way it should be. And this is why we talk about social real estate and how do we make real estate more social in the sense of creating an environment where there's fair and there's fast transactions with people that you can trust. And that with the with everything that can, you know, support that framework is something that's so important to us. I love what you just said about bringing it back to humanity. Beautiful. What it's really doing is it's taking the responsibility that has to be there because that's just life. Somebody's going to be responsible for something one way or another, but it's putting that responsibility in front in a proactive way instead of having it be reactive. So when you're proactive with your responsibility, you can have that conversation and you can work through things and make it work. When it's a reactive responsibility, all of a sudden we're pointing fingers and we're trying to resolve issues that were happening in the now they're in the past. Absolutely. And, and, so, and some of the things that, I, you know, I just want to say this for the listeners, because a lot of times we don't really know. Remember going back to what we were talking about before, about knowing your, where you are, you know, your sequence and where you're getting in. So for me, when I'm talking to real estate investors, you know, they spend so much time on branding, okay? My logo, 
and my website and you know all this. Now you do need a website because or landing page or whatever you want to call it. It's all the same to me. But you know, no one's gonna buy my product based on my logo. I promise you. You know, I, I haven't. I mean, maybe some people do. But I'm not going to spend all that time trying to figure out what the color of my logo and this look a little bit different and the color is a little off. So the first thing that I always tell people is in the figuring out stage, why don't we try to have a goal that we get eight paid sales? Because now if we have eight paid sales, somebody purchased something, you know, now we know that we have proof of concept. So before we go spending out all our monies on the websites and the logos, can we have at least a proof of concept that somebody other than your family, sister, cousin, and them are going to buy this thing. <laughs> you know, let's, let's make sure that we have an actual business concept that someone wants. Like, have you identified the people's pain points and now you're actually providing the proper solution, right? And then that next phase, which is that working it out phase, that's the one where you consistently for four months, consistently, four months, you earn $5,000 every month. Now you know that you can now sustain the progression, okay? If you made the $5,000 a month for three months and that fourth month you only made $3,000, guess what? You gotta go all the way back to the beginning because you need four consistent months. That's how you know your processes are working, right? So, you know, you, you make your first good month, make $10,000, and next month you make $2. There's not a consistent business, right? Something's off. But unless you have processes and SOPs and everything that you can kind of match your metrics with, you don't really have a sustainable process yet. So instead of going out spending all this money, time and resources, let's make sure that we have the foundationals, you know, laid down first. And so that's one of the things that I'm always encouraging people. Let's work on your foundations, right? Let's get your entities right. Make sure you got some consistent sales before you start going, spending more money and no money coming in. Okay. So that, that's one of the things I just really wanted to say, because for the listeners, real estate is great. It's a way to build wealth. There's different ways that you can build wealth in real estate. But if you don't have a solid foundation, you might be setting yourself up for a crash and burn. And we don't want to do that. And I think part of that foundation is is a humility, right? We were talking before uh, about like trusting you or whoever the mentor is, right? Realizing, okay, I'm a beginner in real estate investing or in whatever technique, or even if I have some experience, the whole reason that I'm investing in this program or conference or coaching in the first place is because I feel I have something to learn. And so finding that foundational humility, which will allow you to actually go through the steps that are laid out in front of you because you, you invest in those and follow that process. Like you could be successful. I agree. Being coachable um, on every level, because if you don't have anything to learn, you have no more value on this planet, <laughs> right? So everyone has something to learn when your resources are out and you have nothing else to learn. It's my belief that that's when you can now go and live in the ever after and just be, you know, in your bliss. But as long as you have breath, there's always something else for you to learn. There is, you know, I always, I love learning. I am so coachable, right? Because I know what I know, but there's so many things that I don't know. Marketing. Okay, this new AI stuff. Oh my goodness, you know, I'm old. I can't, I don't know this old stuff. So there's something for me to learn, you know. So I may not necessarily, you know, 
you know, want to do it. I want to learn it so that I know how to track my money because I'm going to hire somebody to do it. You know, I'm not going to learn something to learn how to do it myself. That's I'm not I'm beyond that. But I do learn everything because I'm not going to give my money over to anyone if I don't understand the basics. So I believe that learning the basics and foundations, it always follows you. The higher you go, the more you have to learn. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think that's why people trust learning from you. It's because you model the behavior, right? And you're willing to do the thing first before asking somebody else to do that, which I think is, is when somebody is engaging and trying to learn something new, right? They don't want to go somewhere where somebody hasn't gone before. Exactly. And for me, it's I've never invested in anything. I've never asked anyone to invest in anything that I haven't done myself. I believe in practice over theory. There's so many theoretical coaches and gurus out there. Everybody's a coach. (laughs) Everybody's a coach. And they put pretty stuff online and social media. And I always say, you know, likes doesn't necessarily mean dollars. And so I'm not caught up in your followers. I'm not caught up in your likes. I really am not because I can't take your likes and then go cash it and pay a bill. Okay. (laughs) So I need things to be like, you know, I can actually cash in on that. Right. And so you got to take these things with a grain of salt. And we have this whole comparative thing that we do. Right. Getting back to humanity. Right. Always comparing ourselves to others. Oh, I can't look like that. I can't speak like that. What what your client or your customer, your buyer, your tenant wants the authentic you. It doesn't matter that you don't sound like Dr. T. Doesn't matter if you can't sound like Dan. Doesn't matter if you can't build an app. We got Dan and his team. They can build apps. I don't need to know how to build an app. I just need to know how to log in, right? Um, So you don't have to know how to be like someone else. You just have to be comfortable and confident to walk into you. You know, be the authentic you and your clients, your customers, the tenants, you know, the resources, the partners, they will be attracted to you. But the real you, don't send a representative because you're trying to be somebody you're not, (laughs) you know, be the you. Okay, that's why you got to date people for a minute. Right. You got to see, okay, are you sending your representative? You know, because I figured we date for at least six months. That real you going to show up at one date. So we need to make sure that we're just holding people accountable just a little bit and making sure that, you know, you are not doing the comparative analysis thing. Okay, it doesn't have to be perfect to pay you. You don't have to be perfect to get paid and make money. So just do it first. Remember those eight paid sales. You got to try trial and error. And that is what you're going to find to be your greatest asset is because you are now operating in practice and not theory. From an authentic you place. Yes. There's not even a fake data or like kind of false data that you can't trust. You know, that that goes back to that sustainability thing that you were talking about four months, right? Of hitting that target. Because you can maybe fake it for a month or two, really kind of push yourself in a way that's not you. But you can't do that for maybe four months in a row consecutively. Right. Unless it's or unless it is sustainable. And then, you know, you got something real. Now you're going into that whole rock it out stage. Right. Now you now you got something going. You can now move into that. You know what I mean? So I think that 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 really is really important because we haven't even talked about finances. And that's for a whole nother show, I guess. But 
you oh, know, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, di- diving into the, you know, the business of it and the finances of it, you know, is, is really key because how I'm going to pay for it. I just told you I got no money. That's why you need sales. <laughs> right. That's Absolutely. why you need sales. So so the marketing leads to sales and the sales funds your marketing. They go hand in hand. They're just not the same thing. Business one on one. That sounds like a good cliffhanger for our next conversation in the next course. What do you actually do with your money? Featuring Dr. Teresa Martin at some future Doorward Thinking episode. For now, I just want to get into our last segment of the show. It's what we call our three things. These are questions that I've come up with during the course of our conversation today. And Dr. Martin, I'm going to ask you to pick one of these questions to answer. But these are really for our listeners that they can go ahead and reflect on some of the things that they've learned in this podcast episode and how they can apply it to their life. So listeners, you know what the drill, here are your three things. You can go ahead and pause after these questions. And when you come back, Dr. Martin will give you an answer so you can get an idea of what you're looking for in your life. All right. So here are the three things. Number one, who or what taught you that a personal approach to serving your clients was beneficial to everyone involved in the collaboration. Number two, if you were looking for a coach or a mentor, what traits would you be looking for? And number three, what is a trait that you would counsel people to work on in developing an investment mindset, whether that's being used for real estate, their health, their family, or any other application? All right, Dr. Martin, is there one of those three that you'd like to answer for the listeners? I like the third one. Okay. I like the third one because I think that that goes into all the other ones. <laughs> um, Great. Yeah. So the third one, um, we mentioned it a little bit and we talked about the coachability, right? Being coachable and being vulnerable and knowing what you need so that you can be transparent because the problem that we all suffer from is exposing our weaknesses, which is why we don't ask questions because we don't want it to be a dumb question or, you know, all that. So I would say the best trait that you can have um, in moving forward is exposing your vulnerability to the right person. Because when you are transparent, that's when the teacher, the coach, the mentor, the doctor can arrive and help you with your problem. So be, mm-hmm. be authentically you, be vulnerable, and be willing to say, I need help. And that's when the help will show up. This has been Truth with Teresa. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Martin. Really appreciate your time. Where can people find more information about you and RIA NYC? Sure. They can go to enjoyyourlegacy.com, enjoyyourlegacy.com. And there, right there, you can go to Rhea, Enjoy Your Legacy, or the law firm. Everything is all there. Very simple. Enjoyyourlegacy.com, Dr. T. And if you're not already on Doorward, you can use one of Teresa's promo codes, Rhea NYC or Enjoy Your Legacy. Follow her on Doorward and, and get some of her great content. And that'll wrap it up for us today, listeners. As always, you can find out more about Doorward at doorward.com or follow us on social media. 
on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm your host, Nate LeBlanc, reminding you to stay in your lane and be authentically you and to get back to living.